Welcome to Probably Science. I'm Andy Wood. I'm Jesse Case. I'm Matt Kirshen. How are you, everyone? Uh, doing, uh, doing good. Doing good. Yeah. How are you? Well, I mean, you know, all things considered, I'm doing as well as everyone else is. <laughs> things are good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You guys. Uh, well, we should get our guest in, and then then we should discuss. Uh, you know, we just had a big holiday. Oh yeah, I want to hear about everybody. Yes, before we yeah, we get had a into sp- that spooky time. Yeah, let's. Uh... It's been a long time coming. We uh, have have not had this guest in the eleven years of podcasting. We have no excuse for it. The wonderful, <laughs> talented Steve Benequist. Hey everybody. Hey. Well, he was seven when we started the show. That's true. <laughs> yes, and still wetting the bed. Mm-hmm. Not my bed, but just any bed I could find. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. like I Thanks can't. Have, <laughs> yeah, have you guys ever pissed another bed? Ooh. Hmm. Uh, I don't. I mean, I, I can't count it out for when I was young, young, but I don't believe I've done it at an, at an age where, you know, you'd be like, oh, who pissed in that bed? Sure. Yeah, have yeah, any of you so. guys done the, like, um, the the move where you mistake something else for a toilet in a state of uh, drunkenness? Yeah. I've never done it. You have, you have done that? Yeah. I mean, I've... I've... <laughs> <laughs> one time, uh, one time, I woke up and uh, yeah, I'm sober now. Everybody, don't worry about it. Um, years and years now, but I woke up one time and um, there was I had I had pissed in like a um, like one of the dustbin things that comes with a, a broom, like in the closet. Mm-hmm. I just like opened the closet and like saw this pan, and I'm like, yeah. oh, that'll do it, you know. Um, that makes sense. Never by mistake, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not asking, have you peed in appropriate places, but have you thought you were peeing in a toilet while you're... Uh, no, no, no. I mean, I can't answer if I thought it was a toilet or if I just didn't care that it was a dustbin. Right, right. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. But no, I don't, I don't think I've ever been unable to identify something as a... Like, it's never been like a cactus, and I'm like, that's an interesting toilet. Right. You know? Like the famous joke joke about the guy who shits in a gold toilet, and then the next day it's, uh, hey, Jerry, I found who shit in your tuba. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good joke joke. Yeah, yeah I can't remember this. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. No, it's uh yeah, it's just, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> did, uh, uh, did everybody have a good um everybody have a good Halloween? What what everyone get up to? Do you guys get into it? What everyone get up to? I uh, uh, sure I'll go unless someone else is. <laughs> I, I mean, I did I did very little. Holly finally got around to decorating. Like she's she's normally big into her Halloween, so uh, the apartment's normally like far more than it gets Christmas out in December. But oh, okay. she's been really busy, and so it only it only got fully Halloweened out a few days ago. But now it's going to stay like that, I think, until December. Okay, nice. Yeah, I did uh, last minute. I I always awful at costumes to the point that it's like you show up and it's not really even. You try to explain something like, no, nah, it's just what I can yeah. find in the closet. But I realized I could probably pull off a Tom Selleck with just, uh, <laughs> if I could, I mean, with uh, specifically a Magnum PI, with, with things that I already have, with, with the purchase of a $5 Walmart baseball cap and then applying the Detroit Tigers logo with white puff paint. Sure. So I already had the you know mustache, a wig, Hawaiian shirt, and it surprisingly works fine. So now I have a go to for the future it's like very last minute 
and it works unless you're under age 40. I had no idea Magnum PI, like I didn't really watch it either. Like it wasn't even really my time. But so did you have a lot of sort of like younger millennials and Gen Z people just going like, I guess that's just Andy's look. Yeah, well, someone was like Burt Reynolds. I'm like, okay, mustache, kind of contemporaneous, close enough. And then um, the older gentleman who runs the open mic at the Joshua Tree Saloon, he sees me from a distance and says, Groucho Marx. <laughs> I'm like, this is not working. Groucho in the Hawaiian Maybe shirt he's too the baseball old. cap. He, he yeah. yeah, it's a sweet spot of Magnum P.I. Burt Reynolds heads. and Groucho yeah. Marx would never sell reverse mortgages. They would never. He's just, like, he's just looking at you like, President, President Taft? <laughs> Wait, Andy, have you put on weight? The hell like, uh, yeah, I love a lazy man's costume. To me, that's the ideal, too, is like you make one tweak to how you already look, and it's like, oh, I'm all set. Yeah. yeah. No effort. It's ideal. And yeah. something you can still, uh, you can wear all night, you can eat and drink with it on. Um, yeah, once those things get forgotten, then you're just like, I, this is a five-minute thing when I appear at the party and I get some laughs, and now I have hours of hell because it's a cumbersome yeah, costume. I'm, I'm still a fan of anyone who commits to an incredibly complicated pun that no one gets. <laughs> <laughs> just every time. That has to be explained every time and then just gets a ah. Oh, That's okay. their punishment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Steve, no no costume for you? Uh, no, no. My, my uh, ringing silence was definitely an indicator of what I was <laughs> up to. I, uh, I watched uh, a Hammer horror film Oh, on TV. What's, what's a Hammer horror film? Hammer was this British. Maybe Matt knows about this. Uh, kind of cheapy. They were like the. Um, oh, what the hell is that director's name? Uh, trauma. Like trauma, but from the six fifties and sixties. They made like really low budget. Not as not as crazy. But they're as not trauma. trying to be campy. They're not. No, they're no, trying to be. It's kind of like the successor to the Universal monsters from the from right. a couple of decades yes. earlier. It's like Christopher so, Lee and stuff, right? Christopher Lee yeah. and uh, okay. uh, Peter Cushing. So this one was The Mummy, uh, 1958 or something. And uh, like British cinema uh, definitely was like decades behind in the budget. Like they were too busy uh, repairing their country after the war. Uh, am I right, Matt? Like, uh, Yeah, you, let's go with that as the reason. You, this, is why, <laughs> this is why Doctor Who looks so horrible that I can't even watch it. Is that yes. also the production quality thing? The Dalek is a garbage can turned yeah, over. Yeah. yeah. So the mummy is just a guy covered with mud, and he's, like, really pretty buff for a mummy. Like, you'd think he'd be a little more desiccated, like, get a skinnier actor, but it was cheesy. But the color was... They spent a lot on the Technicolor. Oh. Yeah. That's where all the budget went. Well, it's it's interesting, like, uh, how certain Universal monsters... I mean, they that's from Universal, the production company. Like, that's why they're called Universal Monsters, right? No, I think they yeah. just have wide appeal. The studio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I like didn't know. I didn't know. But any they're, wrench, they're, they're, they're monsters to everyone. You know, it's not like, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. like one man's monster Smish is another monster. man's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. But it's like I, I it's it's just interesting that it's like you have, OK, you have Dracula. But then it's there's a few that are not like is Creature from the Black Lagoon considered a universal. Yeah, I, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. OK. And that was a new invention. Is that what you're saying? Like Frankenstein already existed, but the Creature from the Black Lagoon was new. Well, just no one gives a shit about Creature. Like, it never took off. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> like the other... No, I love Creature from the Black Lagoon. I love a creature from any lagoon, really. Mr. and Mrs. Lagoon <laughs> cared about their child. I, you know. No, I know, I know. I mean, I'm I'm down with any lagoon creature. Um, <laughs> any body of water, anything. The, the creature from the... 
uh, purple isthmus. Like I don't care. <laughs> I'm on. I'm on board. I just mean that like Dracula obviously kept going. You know, yeah. Frankenstein. There's a new mummy movie like every seven years. You know, mm-hmm. um, Black Lagoon. It was like it was like one thing, and then it's over. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking this at the Wikipedia. This almost ties into science. See. I read somewhere the creature from the Black Lagoon was like inspired by some like new species of fish or something that they found in the early 50s. Has anyone ever heard this? I haven't heard that. No. Uh, sorry, it's a very shaky offering, but I, I'm pretty sure I read like that the, you know, whoever wrote the screenplay was like, yeah, there's some, I don't know, something about pollution or I don't know. Okay. They got nothing. Wait, so there's Wolfman. Okay, so I'm not seeing Creature from the Black Lagoon. It's, look at the very... I just sent the link to the Wikipedia of these movies, and it's like uh, one of the last releases is Black Lagoon at the end of a run of like 30 other Universal Monster movies, like 1954. Is the Creature. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then Revenge of the Creature, and then The Creature Walks Among Us. Even though it's the last one in the series, it's still got three movies in. But look at this list. Like There are like literally probably 10 mummy movies. Probably ten Dracula, ten Mummy. Well, Mummy's been around like three thousand years, so yeah, there's yeah. gonna be more Mummy movies. Yeah. You know. right. Dracula's only like what a few centuries old, right? I think so. Well, when was it? Was it a uh, Vlad the Impaler? Who's Dracula? Like, I mean, it's yeah, all I think that's bullshit anyway. But like, yeah. uh, based on the Crusades times, so maybe a thousand years at the most. What, right? uh, so what was Frankenstein? Someone just wrote Frankenstein, right? Mary, yeah, Mary Shelley, Shelley and Mary possible Shelley, ghost, yes. possible ghost writing from Percy. Who knows? But that's the rumor. Yeah. Disagree. Disagree. Uh, it's a rumor. Writing? It's a rumor. I mean, it's it's kind um, of weird. That's the only book she put out, and it's you, that. I don't know. You'd think you would see more neck bolts, like yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Like uh, I, I know we've discussed this. Yeah, we discussed this last week. Oh, actually, rem- reminder: we were. Um, who was it who messaged specifically reminding us that I, I promised a picture of Doug as uh, all Frankensteined up and then failed to deliver? So I will post that right now. I will tweet this as we are talking. Wow. Yeah. Well, then we're not live, so no one's going to know that. Yeah, it was it was Ted Theodore Logan. on Ted Facebook. Theodore who, Logan, friend of the pod. Who, I, not yeah, not theologian, reminded. as he was referred to at some point. Yeah, Ted Theologian. <laughs> Yes. No, I uh, I didn't mean to I didn't mean to repeat a thought on the podcast. I'm getting very old. I uh, <laughs> this is just it's how often I think about it. Like I think about um, I think about neck bolts probably like twice a week. Like as as much as you guys think about Rome, you know. Like I'll think about <laughs> sure. I'll think about neck bolts. <laughs> <laughs> just some some battery terminals coming out of the neck makes zero sense and. Uh, Oh, are they are they like uh, cathode anode or whatever you call? It? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know which side's positive. Diode. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or are they? I thought they were just uh, mechanical fasteners, but these are actually like you hook up the battery to that. Well, that's what you connect to your lightning rig because that's all that makes electricity in your castle. Right. Were they in the novel? Like, does any? I read the novel a long time ago. I can't remember. What no, no. I don't think neck bolts. Because I don't think so. Really? I mean, Ben Franklin sure? had discovered electricity by then, right? So. Yeah, um, yeah. This is eighteen hundreds. I don't I, like. I, I remember reading the book and being surprised that there's really nothing in the description that resembles the movie there, monster. Right here, uh, there is no mention of of neck bolts in the book. Wow. So there you go. It is a great book. I, 
Yes, I'm sure she wrote it. Okay, let's forget that part of it. It's a great book. Everyone should read it. Um, it definitely holds up. I read it sometime in the last 20 years. and uh, <laughs> Yeah, it is amazing. Asshole. Me too. I, I hate... I, I, so I Googled this, and then, um, you know, Quora, which sucks anyway, but uh, Quora has the... Uh, Why did Frankenstein have bolts in his neck? And then somebody writes, Dr. Frankenstein did not have any bolts in his neck because he was a normal and healthy human oh, being. Oh, God. Okay, <laughs> thanks, thanks Quora. His creation, on the other hand, <laughs> they should off. call it pedant instead of Quora. Yeah, Just, I'm going to sit here and correct you on everything. Who was it? I think I think it was a friend of the show. I think it was a past guest. Was it? I think it might have been Alice Fraser the other day who who tweeted online pointing out that if she if if the monster is Frankenstein's creation, then he'll be he'll be effectively a member of the family. So his surname will still be Frankenstein. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. So fuck you, pedants. Yeah. Yeah. And we've all seen, I'm sure we've talked about this, the person who just wrote in pencil on the last, <laughs> the last page of Frankenstein. And as, as he floated away on the iceberg, he said, by the way, if you just want to call me Frankenstein, I'm cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> he should have had a name. Yeah. I mean, just if you're going to create somebody, give him a name. Yeah. Doug something. Right, but okay, boy. yeah. In the movie, they did use those as uh, the battery hookups. Okay. I forgot that. Yeah, man. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting back to the neck bolts again. Well, no, Can you I mean, yeah, that's friends? why the bolts would be there. They wouldn't. They wouldn't just be there just for the, you know. I thought looks. it was mechanical fastening of the head onto the body. Like, oh, okay, well, I, I, I could see that. Well, Wash, washers on the inside holding it in place. You know? Yeah, because he couldn't really turn his neck well, could he? Or could uh, it just be style, like uh, yeah. gauged ears? You know. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah, well, this is what we were discussing we, yeah, last we week. Was just how how that has not become one of the go to body modifications you haven't been to a portland strip club in a while have you (laughs) yeah well that's the thing you know i see you see you see all the sort of you've seen the skull horns and the (laughs) and the gauges and the various the various surface piercings and stuff like that but i've never seen bolts maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe there is someone who has it but not seen it yeah you could be the first yeah yeah would they be would they be like um they call them dermals like would it would it be subdermal or would it be a thing that is like forever through the skin but but seeing the metal on the outside or is it like those things people put in their forehead where it's going to be it's going to cause the skin to bulge but it won't be a forever open wound I don't know I think it would stick through I think you want it to be I think you want Visible it to be through yeah you don't want skin over it that would be weird then it's just like I don't know how I don't get how any of those um, one way piercings work you know what I mean like when it's right. not a loop and because with a loop i get that that hole the hole you you dig you poke will just scar up and heal up right when it goes all the way through like uh, any kind of ear or nose piercing but when it's right. just one of those like one way things how does that ever what, what, heal or how, how do you well, take it on and off isn't it sort of implanted like there's another plate behind it i don't know isn't that the deal so how do you take that plate out if you want it out? Or how do you, like... I, I don't know. It's all suck, Googleable. But, it, but I, I don't think it's just like a pin, you know, like a like a ball head pin just sticks in somewhere. Yeah, I assume it's like a barbell kind of thing where there's a bulb on both sides, but I don't get how that thing heals. Or does it never heal? No, it we heals, We need a specialist on here. Yeah. Does any of you have Body piercings? mod people. No, I don't have any. I don't have. I don't have any piercings or tattoos or. Anything. I'm, I'm so boring. Like, same here. Same here. 
There's number yeah. one. Yeah. Is this an entirely body modification free podcast like all of us? Wow. Not one so tattoo boring. or piercing between us. Well, it's 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 not. I'm too cynical of like I know I'm not gonna be. I I everything about it strikes me as. Uh, I know we have we have listeners that have a bunch. You know, go for it. Do your do your stuff. Your body is a wonderland. You know, it's yeah. a work of art. Express yourself. Um, I've just never been committed to something enough of like. There's no. I know it would be impulsive, even if it was. Like I'm I'm always questioning if I'm in a phase. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I I can see myself getting a tattoo or something um in the pretty normal sense that's like uh, a tribute to something, you know, like, like a, Tasmanian devil. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Like a yeah. tribute yeah. to Taz. <laughs> Taz. Obviously like on the ankle, a tribute to Taz or or um or something like that. Um, no, you know, like when my uh, when my cat dies or something. But even then, it's like I'm not going to forget that. I don't know why I would get that. Yeah, at least your cat has no risk of like doing a Morrissey alt right turn because that's that's <laughs> really the thing. My that... cats has some weird tweets, man. Okay, because uh... like there's so many Morrissey fans who do that. They'll get his autograph and then go immediately to a tattoo shop and have it tattooed over. And it's like, well, where are you now, guys? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, you... it's it's hard getting a tattoo of a other person. You might have got a Louis C.K. tattoo back in 2006, you know? Yeah. Maybe you did. It's just like, yeah, how do you know? It's like it's like picking a shirt you can never change. I'm always going to like this shirt. Like, really? Yeah. Right. How do you know forever? I mean, I've had some good shirts. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the styles change. Like, to me, gauged ears are like the bow tie of the ear, of the, you know, of piercings. And it, it, they're a little dorky, a little... Sorry, sorry. Oh, I know I'm alienating listeners. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you do once you've got them, though, because there's no undoing them. There is. Actually, we've yeah, had we've had a guest on the show who had them undone. I won't name him, but uh, when oh, I first okay. met him in the comedy scene, he still had the ear, ear dolaps, and they can just, like, snip those and, and then stitch it up, and it's a... Uh, it, it, really backpedal a little was bit. It, not dork. Was, was it a very was, specific was it statement? <laughs> yeah. It was Michio Kaku, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember now. I remember now. Steve, we like to yes. ask our guests before we get into the stories of the week. Um, what, if anything, is your background in science? And that's ranged from classes people liked or hated as a kid to blowing stuff up in the woods with your friends to whatever. Uh, let's see. I did have some interest in fireworks as a kid. Um, oh, solid. Yeah, yeah. Nothing advanced. You know, it was in New Hampshire uh, where I grew up, so you, you didn't have a whole lot of access. Um, I thought you were just about to tell us like a cool love story. Oh. <laughs> like oh. I, was, I was seven and my neighbor uh yeah she, she was, we we painted her fence together one summer and that's my wife and the, <laughs> like, and i saw the fireworks yeah yeah um science i mean I, you guys did specifically i asked whether i should do any research or prep and i was told no no no, no this not is not a, the not answer can be nothing that's it's a but, fine answer like but, but you love, a, were you I, into lego were you or, or like I what mean, was your favorite subject, science subject in yeah, school? Yeah, actually, even I if did, you hated it, I did like Lego, and I did have. There was this weird toy called Capsella. Does anyone remember oh, yeah. that? I had Capsella. No. It was great. No. Yeah, What's not Capsella? weird, but like forgotten. Like these weird um, engineering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clear plastic orbs with like different gears inside. You could connect them, kind of like Lego, yeah. uh, and make functioning machines. Yeah, it was like a modular. Like the, yes. they were semi-spherical or spherical, but then they would have connections. So you could just have like a drive shaft going through all these spheres and you could make like, and there would be like 
floating pontoons, so you could make a thing with the propeller, but then it floats. Yeah, you could make like a like, little vehicle or a crane or. Yeah, yeah. that was pretty cool. It's like a better. Uh, it's like a erector eighties eighties version of erector set with some electronics. Yeah, mm-hmm. very cool. Very cool. Yeah, which for the Brits uh, is Meccano. 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 Yeah, that was our, that was our version of the same thing. That's just a company what? or a person what? or. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it was. Yeah, it was a guy. It was a guy who would come around to your house and we'd help you build a crane. I am McConnell. What the <laughs> yeah. I will build for you. Yeah. He'd he'd was he, was he a like, universal monster? Yeah, and he'd kind of do the robots and then he's just... Have you guys then, seen that, then, uh... The nuclear... The, the nuclear, like, energy set that the... The guy that made a Rector set uh, is like a crazy person, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. And yes. he put out, like, um... He put out like a nuclear, it's like a nuclear energy set, which was, of course, immediately not okay. It came with like some uranium and shit. <laughs> um, what was his name? Oh, right here. AC Gilbert. Yeah, let me look this up. I'll link to this. Um, it had like a My First Mercury. Uh, oh, here it is. For kids. Here it is. I'm linking to it right now. The Gilbert U 238 Atomic Energy Laboratory. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like a, it was like a kid's like science kit and um it had like a cloud chamber 1950 wow um related note from this time uh my dad who was born in 1940 told me about uh shoe stores used to have x-ray machines in them <laughs> and you could just put your foot on it like a full blast x-ray oh didn't, yeah no i remember my parents telling me the same yeah they would they would x-ray your foot to see that it the shoe fitted well yeah but it wasn't it wasn't like one second and off like now it was just like full blast you could just, just see on. the puppet of your foot bones oh, yeah. wiggling course, around i didn't realize yeah because that's i've you see those sometimes in old films and like old comedies as well that the way the x-ray used rather than just like one exposure and then they develop a film it's just like uh mm-hmm a fluorescent screen that you stand behind and x-rays blast at it and then you stand in between and they can just like look th- look at you while they wow. stand in direct line of it um wow. i'd forgotten that that was around the same time my parents told me that they used to play with mercury when it was a yeah when it was a, like an indoor when it was like when it was too wet to play outside in, in school they just stay they stay indoors and then they just give them vials of mercury that they could tip yep. on the desk and play with yep. <laughs> my parents gave me syphilis to play with the you know times change yeah. yeah. <laughs> How come we don't have like universal monsters who just got irradiated irradiated feet, just like the most limited, <laughs> just a Hulk, just from the ankles down? Well, isn't a like like uh, you've got lead feet? Isn't that a phrase? Show sure, okay, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. You know, but maybe it was a good. Th- it was not insulting. It was like you're going to do good at the shoe store. You're fine. Yep. You know, yeah, just excellent fit. <laughs> yes. Yeah, don't don't worry about it. I never we'll never got, know your size. I never understood the get the lead out Led Zeppelin rock blocks on classic radio. I mean, I got the one meaning of it, Led Zeppelin, but I'm like, is there a saying, get the lead out? And I guess there was. It's just like, it wasn't a thing anybody said in my childhood, as in like, pick up the pace, like you got right. lead, fi- but I'd never heard that version. I'm like, this is like a one-way ah. double entendre. See, yeah, it's like you just assumed there was a double entendre, but didn't even know what the other entendre was. Right. Well, there's the expression gold bricking, which is like identical to being lead foot, right? I think it's painting a brick gold, so it's it's making it seem like it's... Um, you think of sandbagging? I always confuse sandbagging and gold bricking. No, sandbagging is what you do to someone else, right? If you want to kind of stop something. sandbagging is Everybody intentionally... Back, everyone back up. What, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? 
I heard gold bricking is like when you're. Sorry, I, I thought gold bricking was the same as being lead foot, like you're, as if you're very heavy and you're moving slow. Hey, I thought it was bricking. gilding a trash. Uh, wait, hold on. Let's see. What is gold bricking? Uh, carpet bagging, sandbagging, and gold bricking. I definitely always have to like. Um, carpet yeah, bagging I mean, is like a political use those thing. Words. I'd say weekly. I'm sick of googling it. Frankly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Gold bricking is the practice of deceiving others about one's work efforts. Oh, pretending, it is. Pretending to be working when one's actually not being productive. I, so it's kind of. It's, it's also to, kind of sand, sandbagging. To okay. swindle. Yeah. Invent excuses to avoid a task. All right. Okay. I learned something then. What does he call Lebowski? Does he say, get your gold-breaking ass out of my beach community? Or not? Gold-breaking? The, the Malibu cop. Right, right. To the dude. Doesn't he use one of these old-timey insults? Yeah, I don't think it's gold-breaking, but yes. Oh, okay. I think he does, yeah. Hmm. And then what is this, sandbagging? Okay, sandbagging, I think, is just like dragging your feet. But let me see if that's what uh, the internet says, too. And then what's carpet-bagging? Carpet bagging is like a political thing where like an opportunist comes into an area. You're an outsider. With, with all of their possessions in like a giant duffel bag to take advantage of some. Uh, I think it came from like people coming down to the south during reconstruction to like yep. cash in on opportunity there or something. Um, and to take advantage of an easy to be basically parachuted into an easy district. I well, I think uh, to be an outsider uh, yeah. who doesn't represent any local interest at all. Like, you're, you're not from around here. You came here with your carpet bag. You just got a big duffel and just threw everything in it and came out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, sandbagging is uh, Is, is deliber- that related to teetotaling? No, that's not drinking booze. I don't so know it's, why a, it's-, it's possible that a carpet bagger could be a teetotaling sandbagger as well. And he could gold brick if he wanted you to think he was working harder at his carpet bagging. Or drinking. Was. Or dr- he, he could act drunk. Yeah. He'd be gold bricking you. Wow. Unless he gets the lead out. Mm. You got to get that let out. Yeah, but sandba- sandbagging is deliberately underperforming or holding back one's true capabilities. Huh. All right. Oh. All right. Are we ever going to remember any of these? Or no. you be looking no, up I next episode? I'm, it's immediate, I forget. I forgot that I already talked about neck bolts. I mean, I, for, I immediately forget everything. Let's talk about neck bolts. <laughs> Guys, they're crazy. Well, I think we do kind of have a tie in to um, man's. Uh, Promethean hubris in trying to um, breathe life into a corpse. Yes. In, in the form of uh, breathing life into a pig heart. Guys, we got some bad news. Got an update. I don't know if you heard about the uh, second time we've put a pig heart into a human. Steve, is this news to you? A, f- a few uh, people. No. A few people sent in this story. Yeah. And just to be clear, this is this was done for medical reasons. It wasn't a prank. Right. And it wasn't cosmetic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, this no, is news to me. I didn't know. And, and I, the 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 pig that got the guy's heart is still doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> we don't the mean to make light. Yeah. It's it's been six weeks since Lawrence Fawcett, a second living person, to receive a genetically modified pig heart and transplant, uh, and he has died after the experimental procedure. The University of Maryland Medical Center, where the experimental procedure had been performed, said the heart began to show signs of rejection in recent days. His last wish was for us to make the most of what we've learned from our experience so others can be guaranteed a chance for a new heart when a human organ is unavailable. He then told the team of doctors and nurses who gathered around that he loved us. We'll miss him tremendously, said Dr. Bartley Griffith, clinical director of the Cardiac Xenotransplantation Program at University of Maryland School of Medicine. Uh, Fawcett was 58 years old, first admitted um, on September 14th after experiencing symptoms of heart failure, and then he underwent the experimental transplant six days later. 
his heart disease and pre-existing conditions made him ineligible for a traditional human heart transplant. So it's back to the pig drawing board. Um, Organ rejection is so weird. That's so weird to me, man. Well, I mean, it's also like, it makes sense. Like your body's going to. It's amazing that it actually works in a way. That it works at all. Yeah. Yeah. That it sometimes works. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How long did he live with the pig heart? Six weeks. Huh. And this again was um, a genetically modified one, I believe. Right. Yeah. Did I just say that? Yes. Yeah, you did. So uh, with that modification, I think intended to overcome some of these rejection tendencies right but um not enough this time so now they they use like pig valves all the time right there's like parts of pig hearts that get used i think yeah i think that's true and maybe i'm guessing this the the less complex something is the Mm -hmm. less of an issue it is for rejection but uh, we are decidedly not experts on this stuff and that's why you guys tune in every week. Well, no, I just don't understand. I, I, yeah, I don't understand where your body draws the line to say, like, I mean, we were just talking about piercing, right? Like, you, your, your body isn't just, like, spits it all out. Like, if you try to get a gauge something, it's like, nope, no, not happening. Uh, it just heals around it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. You can You can implant several things. It's just... Something about a, a, a different biological tissue, your your body could just be like, no, that's not me. I'm not having any of that. Yeah. No. It can even turn on its own cells, like if it doesn't yeah. recognize for some reason. I mean, that's partly what cancer is. Uh, I think isn't that's it, partly I, why cancer... I think isn't it's the cancer the opposite? Where, yeah, it's yeah. the opposite. Yeah. Where, where it like cell division out of control. Let cell, yeah. But it's also autoimmune diseases is, is that for sure. Like right. so anything like lupus is uh which it, which is why I remember like in the early days of COVID when there were a bunch of, you know, constantly scientists on the radio sort of tr- desperately trying to play whack a mole with misinformation. But one of one of them was just someone talking about how this phrase boosting your immune system, like anything that claims to boost your immune system is like that doesn't make sense as a to any doctor or medical scientist you don't want to boot your immune system like every other system in your body is something that's meant to be kept in balance like too little of an immune system is bad but also too much of an immune system is also very bad that's like right, a, right. a lot Excuse of me, autoimmune flush diseases my vitamins down the toilet <laughs> yeah i was just talking like, to my sister about this and she's going through a little thing and uh she was observing that good health is just basically not feeling any abnormality at all and like the word dis-ease it just means if it's not if you don't have ease then something's wrong Mm, it is all about balance either extreme would be not good Mm -hmm. like yeah those people who can't feel any pain like they're always like cutting themselves and breaking bones and not know like that sounds good like no pain is an indicator that helps keep you in stasis also what what is this who are these people what You've never heard of like children no. who have no pain and their parents' lives are hell because every day they come up from school, they have to like inspect their whole body because they might have like cut themselves and they don't know it or they might have broken a bone or something. No, no, I've I don't. Never, I don't think I'm just making this up. I've I mean, never heard of these no. No, pain. I've 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 heard of that. Yeah, absolutely. And particularly when they're young, they have to like they, kids who have it, they have to watch pretty carefully because wow. yeah, particularly children just don't know to not put uh <laughs> yeah touch hot things and wow i would think that'd be hard to reach adulthood with that you know i mean like yeah 
Like, yeah. That because you're not going to get better from that. You have a neural condition where you're you're not getting any pain signals. I just dropped an article here about it. Um, yeah, it's a real condition, um, congenital analgesia or, or total insensitivity to pain, and it can be quite dangerous. Huh. Uh, so it, has 19- to be, it has to be neural, right? Because you could feel pleasure. Like you could be tickled, I would assume. Good question. We got to find one of these people and try to tickle them. It's not, yeah, you just don't, it's not you don't have any nerves or something because that'd be, uh, you couldn't do anything. Right. You could, okay, this, there's some interesting historical stuff on this in this article I just uh, dropped that you guys can check out in the show notes as well. Uh, in 1932, a clinician described a 54-year-old man who reported never having felt pain despite a list of injuries, including a blow to the face with a pickaxe, a bullet through a finger. What is this life this guy's living? Jeez. A broken nose, severe laceration of the knee, and a burned hand, all without apparent pain. I'd like to think that's all happening in a lab where they're testing him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yep. Oh, wait. Oh, let's The scientist just running up with a pickaxe. And the just, three stooges uh, right. laboratories. You're not far off. <laughs> the next line. The man named Edward Gibson made his living in vaudeville. Letting, letting audiences push 50 to 60 pins in his body and once letting a nail be hammered through his hand. Oh, my God. That's what entertainment was. What have I we mean, lost by swapping that for the Internet? Yeah, thanks, TikTok. Yeah, you know, he's all, these days he's woke entertainers. <laughs> people, yeah, I'll, sometimes I go to a show. Sometimes I have a hammer with me. I've got my hammer and nail. And uh, they won't have it. Ugh. What's the world come to, you know? I did see, uh, I was in Vegas a couple weeks ago, and I found out once I was there that they were having the, you know, Legion of Skanks, that podcast. I haven't heard it's it. Very not up, it's very not up my alley. It's very uh, East Coasty in the pejorative sense. Um, but yeah, they had this thing called Skank Fest. But there were like a, a lot of comics that we know and like who were part of it because it was like a lineup of like a couple hundred people. And, uh, so I just they they someone I knew there got me a pass and I was watching the naked roast battle, uh, which is as horrifying yeah. as you would expect. A, I assume that's a literal name. That's just literal. It's a roast battle, and all the people on stage are naked. Yeah. Okay. Sure. And the, uh, and and the novelty of the nakedness wears off very quickly, and then right. you're just watching a roast battle and feeling uncomfortable <laughs> but the host of it would also like take breaks from that to let the audience come up and staple money to his body <laughs> which oh. he would get to keep but you know and if you give him like a hundred you can staple it to his head for this the staple gun and it's like this is uh this is not uh, this is not my thing <laughs> this is feels I wrong a, i was on a show with a money staple to your body guy once and it was super oh the same show there was a guy who decided to be naked, and he had uh, a micro dick, which sort of raises all kinds of questions why he decided to do that. But um, I mean, why not? Yeah, I, I how guess. Do we, how do we define a micro dick? <laughs> You're, that's a good. I did not. You know, uh, look down, Jesse. Well, bird. No, 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 the reason. Bird. No, here's the Sick reason. Bird. Sorry. No, no. I'm asking because of myself. <laughs> I, I, uh, my, my erect penis is I think average it's average it's not it's not some crazy dick uh but it, but it's average like there's never been any like uh complaining nor fawning over you know it's just it's it's fine it's a penis it's a dick it works fawning but my like my flaccid penis is comically small comically <laughs> like like what I mean is that the difference in size from my flaccid to my 
average erect penis is it's insane. So I wonder, like, I'm like, is this like a micro dick issue? It's true. He probably wasn't aroused, to, to be fair. Right. I mean, he wasn't performing with a boner. I just don't know. Uh, I don't know when one considers a micro penis. And it could just be me completely in my head because you don't see many flaccid dicks like it. You right. know, uh, you well, see you should, more you hard go, dicks than flaccid dicks. If <laughs> they've uh, they've they've put uh, I think the entire run of Naked Attraction is now on Max, the British show. Which is, I think we talked about this before, like the most bonkers reality competition dating show. High ever. quality programming. Um, yeah, we should we should move on to a story soon. But before okay. we do, I I do, I do have one. Oh no! I <laughs> we do. Okay, this makes me feel a lot better. This is great. It, what, micro, what is the micro penis is measured uh, <laughs> erect? So it's it's uh, it's considered a micro penis if it's less than three inches when erect. Okay, which is uh, you know. Wow, that's a low bar. Uh, tiny little dingaling there. So, so you're good. Yeah, I mean, as is everyone with a micro penis is also good. We're not here. No, to no, shame of course, anybody. of course, yeah. no. It's not. I just did, I've never known because like my my flaccid penis, like I laugh sometimes. Like I wake up my morning piss and I look down and I just giggle because I'm like that's ridiculous. <laughs> like that's so small, dude. <laughs> It's so small. Uh, I want to so, so, applaud you, Jesse, for turning this to science. Like you took yeah. my offhanded <laughs> mentioning of a dude in a show, and we learned something. We That's all have. The value it's of very educated. And he, here's my other question: While we're talking about sort of circus sideshow type stunts, do we think that the last few years of repeated COVID tests has made the blockhead circus sideshow stunt less impressive? Like, if you you know the one where someone uh, hammers a nail into hammers a nail into their nose and, and like right right the way in and everyone goes oh but nowadays i'm thinking like i've put mm. a i put like a covid testing swab and you know if you're doing it properly you find that little bit where it go you find the like the opening at the back of your nose and you go like right into your sinuses and Ugh. like i've done that to myself now i can do that i feel like i now can do like i, I feel like i could hammer a nail in into my skull without killing myself uh, well, I mean, it depends. If you're actually hammering it, like it seems like it's a very fine line. You could go too far pretty easily. Yeah, right? well, I, or... I don't think you hammer it. Very, I think I think the hammering is for effect because it you it takes because it takes no pressure to put it. So you find where it is, and right. then you just like very gently tap it, and it sort of goes back further. But you know, I feel like I could put a like I reckon I could put a nail right through there. I think I could do it. Maybe you should put up a little video of that for the fans. Maybe maybe, maybe I should. Maybe that'll be a Patreon bonus for Christmas. <laughs> 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 Merry Christmas. Why Merry are they Christmas. called why are they called blockheads? Speaking of getting to the bottom of terminology. Cuz it's like driving a, a block, nail into a block. like a block of wood. Like you're treating your head as a block that you're hammering into? Yeah. Oh, okay. Is I that also so. just the origin of the insult, the blockhead? I don't know. Hmm. All right, guys. So healthcare providers determine micropenis size <laughs> by the stretched penile length. That's the SPL. All right. Okay. <laughs> That's what they call it. And the proper way to establish the SPL is to gently stretch the penis, hold it close to the body, and measure it from tip to base. Providers diagnose micropenis if the length is less than 2.5 standard deviations below the average. Okay. So, for example, an average stretched penile length for adult males is a 5.25 inches. Now that's Not erect? I see. This is it's a stretched penile length, which is like this thing you. you but yeah, I feel like I, I'm dropping trowel. Is, Let me just stretching is out. showing as far as it could go, right? Because like 
I think stretching is the same probably as erect length, right? Yeah, because erection is just like putting, it's just like warming it up. It makes it stretch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm stretching right now and it is not as long as it is. I... So this is the, the great thing science. about remote yeah. recording, guys. We're all doing it right now. And, and <laughs> nobody. Everyone's not... doing it in their cars. They're listening. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's. Uh... I was gonna. I mean, I was gonna do a sperm story that multiple guest sent listeners rather sent in. Sure, uh, let's take it this down. episode, but. Yeah, I feel like I feel yeah, like there's sorry. been too much dick talk now. I feel like we've we've been too no, we can been do too it. dick we, heavy. No, I'm I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I've I've always wondered about that. I'm like, what is it? You know what I mean? Like, what's a micro penis? Uh, uh, what causes it, you know? And it's a combination of genetic and uh, hormonal conditions in childhood. It's usually diagnosed as a newborn or during very early childhood. Oh. Um, interesting. But what if you're a great lover, but you have a micro dick? Like, I, I, if you had the confidence that it didn't stifle your life. I'm sure that exists. Oh, that's, no, no, that absolutely exists. I just mean it as a... As a physical, uh, I think I just, Fox News hosts probably embody that, right? I mean, you think they're we, tender lovers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just yeah, uh, I take it back. No, no, I'm not attaching any value to anyone's uh, anyone's right. penis size. I've just I've I've often wondered, um, uh, given given the tight, and I'm, I can only speak for myself, given the a- averageness of the boner. I would assume, uh, you know, the the average, uh, nothing, nothing special, nothing to write home about, just average. But then, given the given the tininess of my flaccid penis, I think I have a particularly stretchy penis. Uh, is probably what I'm gathering here. The elasticity is the selling point. I have a very elastic, yeah, very elastic. Um, Remember puppetry of the penis? Yes, yeah, I do. What happened to those guys? They're still around. Oh yeah, Who's pulling they, the strings is the question. They are. They are still definitely. They, they, <laughs> Not only are they around, it's a franchise now. Really? Uh, yeah. Like, I know the original two guys because they used to come to the Edinburgh Fringe every year. Wow. And, uh... Did they, like, workshop now- at Mike's? Like, work out some new... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, guys, they- they- <laughs> got a few, uh... They shot with their notebook and <laughs> just put it on the <laughs> on the stool and glance over every self and go like, oh okay, a mole. Oh, you're uh, thinking of alt alt puppetry of the penis. That's yeah. what you're of. <laughs> but but, um, but yeah, now they have they they have different. They've got a couple of different troops. There's one in in Vegas that I believe every. I think Christina Walkinshaw, friend of the show, sometimes opens for them. That sounds right. I think yeah. that's the Blue Ball Group. You're thinking of <laughs> uh, anyway, um, maybe Jesse, with your extra elastic penis, you, there's a place there for you. You know, I don't think so. I don't think because I've seen those puppetry videos, and I'm like, nah, I can't do any of that. You know what I mean? Like, Some people have a larger flaccid penis to work with. It's like, I'm, I'm, for me, it's like oh. a joke. It's a joke. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna taunt you with the <laughs> failed dreams. No, no. All right, let's talk about somebody else's body for a minute. No, sure. it's just a. Uh, I just never knew if it meant um, stretched out or not. I'm, I, it, you Sounds know. like you're fine. Sure. You know, you know what? It doesn't matter because the biggest sex organ is the one between your ears, gentlemen. Oh. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no. If you put it in your mouth, yeah. If it can reach, <laughs> you can reach back there. Uh, I could just never have a real job again. I love it. I, I like that. I can never. It's just over for me, really. Um, I, <laughs> 
Well, actually, I, yeah, we have multiple sperm stories. I guess we can't we, make it all. We, we do. Also, so the, 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 the sperm laws of motion that both, I know Justin Broad and Michael Valbuena sent that in. Mm. Oh, there's also just in between them, there's an email from Scott Stanley, because we mentioned cryogenics when we're discussing frozen semen, he makes clear. Uh, and he says, I thought you'd enjoy hearing about Colorado's frozen dead guy festival and the cryogenically frozen Norwegian guy that the festival celebrates. Here's an article how he ended up explaining how he ended up frozen in a tough shed in rural Colorado and the drama surrounding his afterlife. So we'll put that in the show notes as well. So frozen <laughs> is it called the Frozen Dead Guy Festival? Frozen it's Dead great, Guy Days. Great name. It's the opposite of Burning Man. <laughs> no drugs, no fun, no nakedness. They just had to relocate it, though. If you look at the Wikipedia article on it, uh, it was held in the town of Nederland, Colorado. And that town is finally like, get your fucking gold bricking asses out of that <laughs> beach community. And in 2023, the festival will move to Estes Park, Colorado. Very beautiful plot, part of the country. Yeah. It's a. Uh... They had 25,000 visitors in 2019 for this thing? Wow. There is wow. a coffin race during the Frozen Dead Guy Festival. <laughs> this is this is bonkers. I Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm There's a polar too. plunge. How did I not know about this? This is not that far from where my in-laws live. This is visitable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I would go. I mean, I would, I would go to the Frozen Dead Guy Festival. They have Road frozen, trip. frozen T-shirt competitions per the Wikipedia article. Oh lord, uh, poetry slam. We, yeah. We've been having Dead Guy festivals for as long as civilization has existed. That's very true. Let's have yeah, a I mean, I guess technically Christmas is a Dead Guy festival. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, every this, funeral. Then, well, I would say Easter more than Christmas, or maybe wait, which is the day that? Well, I guess yeah. I mean, they're all Wednesday. Dead, you know. yeah. yeah, but those are Dead Guy festivals. But this is a Frozen Dead Guy. Yeah. They're, they're Memorial Day. Yes. Yep. Sure. Sure. <laughs> dead guys. That's a no dead one wants to touch festival. that. One. <laughs> yeah. No. It's it's true. I mean, yeah. It's uh, that's what we celebrate. Um, yeah, so maybe we make, when is it? It's going to be in, um, February. Oh, no, wait. So the, the 2023 has already happened. That's what I'm trying to figure. Oh, okay. There, wait, no, is it, it like spring March. or fall? March. No, that's the film. There was a March one in 2022. I presume the Wikipedia is written in, in future tense, but I presume there was one this, this March. All right. I'm down to check it out if we can get a live podcast going there somehow. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I don't know. Do they have a comedy stage at the Frozen Dead Guy Festival? Oh, if anyone's involved it. in the Frozen Dead Guy Festival, let let us know. Book us. Yeah, we, I'm pretty, we I'm will pretty deliver. sure that guy's been in my crowd several times. Hey. Sometimes a lot. Of, hey, what's going on with you guys over here? <laughs> a bunch of Frozen Dead Guys. <laughs> so yeah, are we doing a sperm story? Or are we doing a sperm story or not? I, think, I mean, I think this is more of a, a propelled I mean, this is motion a science story. Yeah, yeah this it's is more of a propelled motion story. It's not okay. like a, it's not like yeah, a this funny is, sperm story. Like a this is the sperm defying one of the major laws of physics. Sort of, I mean, sort of defying the the, okay. the behavior of them seems to contradict a law of physics. Uh, but um, according to this new study that characterizes the motion of these sex cells and single-celled algae. Kenta Ishimoto, a mathematical scientist at Kyoto University and colleagues, investigated these, these non-reciprocal interactions, these uh, defying the Newton's third law of motion. 
uh, in sperm and other microscopic biological swimmers to figure out how they slither through substances that should, in theory, resist their movement. So rebel yeah. sperm that don't follow the rules? Yeah, it doesn't necessarily like apply that. to microscopic cells wriggling through sticky fluids, as this article in Science Alerts. There's also another version of the article in IFL Science, which again, what is it? What does it stand for? Uh, <laughs> there is no way to know. But um, so Newton's third law can be summed up as for every action there is an equal and opposite reaction. It signifies a particular symmetry in nature where opposing forces act against each other. Uh, in the simplest example, two equal-sized marbles colliding as they roll on the ground will transfer their force and rebound based on this law. But nature is chaotic, and not all physical systems are bound by these symmetries. So-called non-reciprocal interactions show up in unruly systems made up of flocking birds, particles in fluids, and swimming sperm. These motile agents move in ways that display asymmetric interactions with the animals behind them, or the fluids that surround them, forming... A loop. This, I don't like the wording of this. It says forming a loophole for equal and opposite forces to skirt Newton's third law. The no, air, it just Airbud referees. Uh, there's nothing in the rule book that <laughs> yeah. says. Yeah. <laughs> it, it it doesn't skirt the law. It just gives the appearance of it not right. Uh, yeah, I don't. I I don't like that wording. It says because birds and cells generate their own energy, which gets added to the system with each flap of their wing or whip of their tails. The system is thrust far from equilibrium, and the same rules don't apply. Yeah, it's fudged. I don't like that language either. Um, Ishimoto and colleagues analyzed experimental data on human sperm and also modeled the motion of green algae. Uh, both swim using thin, bendy flagella that protrude from the cell body and change shape or deform to drive the cells forward. So like a little whippy tail that they swim with, basically. Uh, highly viscous fluids would typically dissipate, dissipate a flagellum's energy, preventing a sperm or single-celled algae from moving much at all. And yet somehow... These elastic flagella can propel these cells along without provoking response from their surroundings. The researchers found that sperm tail and algal flagella have an odd elasticity, which allows these flexible appendages to whip about without losing much energy to the surrounding fluid. But this property of elasticity didn't fully explain the propulsion from the wave-like motion, so from their modeling studies they also derived a new term, an odd elastic modulus, to describe the internal mechanics. Uh, it's a... From solvable simple modules to biological flagella waveforms uh, for these algae, whose Latin I'm not going to pronounce, and sperm cells, we studied the odd bending modulus to decipher the non-local, non-reciprocal inner interactions within the material. So that all makes sense. We've all followed that sentence, right? Sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the, the findings could help in the design of small self-assembling robots that mimic living materials, while the modeling methods could use, be used to better understand the underlying principles of collective behavior. I mean, but we're not actually saying that law was violated. Like, to move forward, no, that's they what do I don't have like. to exert a force yeah. in the other direction. Like, they're moving the fluid around them backwards in the process of moving forward. They have to be, right? Yes, or, or at least collectively the fluid forward. So there will be... Because it doesn't have to be... I think that might also be the case, because it's not necessarily, the you know, sperm. one little... Yeah, or not necessarily, like, one little bit of the fluid around that moves backwards in a way that you'd expect, because it's sort of being dissipated around the fluid. But, but if still, you added collectively, up, right, yeah. Yeah, if you, yeah but it, it, it must be if you added up collectively all of the particles of the fluid around and, and calculated it, uh, it would collectively add up to the equal and opposite to the way it moves forward like again right. it has to it's not it's like have you guys ever seen maybe my favorite science youtube video uh, veritasium when derek uh decided to figure out whether you can have a wind propelled vehicle that can travel downwind faster than the wind that's propelling it 
No, that's no. awesome. Oh, and the answer cool. is yes. It's the most mind blow. It's the most controversial video he's ever done, and he's had so many like follow up videos where he's debated by like big name physicists. Um, a physics professor bet him ten thousand dollars that he was wrong. And, you know, it, it, as much as you watch it and it seems like this violates every rule of physics, eventually he breaks it down and shows that, no, all of the appropriate rules are followed. Um, let me see if this is the one. It's only two years ago. That was more than that. Uh, very worth a watch. This is, again, like the, my favorite science thing on YouTube. Um, and I can't even intuitively explain exactly how it happens. But, yes, nothing is whatever, whatever momentum is gained by this sale car so it's it's they do it on the bonneville salt flats where they do all the land speed records and it's a mm. it's like a race car with a um windmill on top of it um and yeah it, it, they prove by having this um hanging t like a piece of fabric that it eventually is moving forward faster than the wind that's pushing it and then, then he shows he makes a model of this and shows how like you're still you're still taking power energy from the moving air and and like the, so there is some air that is now moving less quickly, and that is where you've gained your. It doesn't. I can't explain it. But watch the whole video, and I think he does a great job of explaining how this can be because it just looks like he's doing some camera trickery. So there's no additional force. It's just the wind that it's in. Yes. Wow. It's purely the wind. And then, and, and the propeller is acting. So the propeller is powering the wheels, but it's doing the opposite of what you would think. Wait a second. How does it work? So I think the wind is exerting force on the body of the thing. That's what starts getting it going. And then as it's going forward, the propeller is getting spun in the same way that a power generating windmill would be. Uh, and it's giving power to the wheels. And as I'm saying, it, I know it sounds like you're describing a perpetual motion machine. Like the system shouldn't add up to more than the downwind speed, but um, it's possible in the same way that it's possible for a boat to tack at like a 45 degree angle and have its linear velocity be greater than the downwind speed that's powering it yeah it kind of makes well yeah and you can like have something uh small something heavy move slower and hit a ball and, and propel it further like quicker right um, but anyhow this is very worth the watch and if, and if our listeners don't already watch veritasium on youtube it's also just one of the best science channels out there so that's super out. cool. I'm I'm looking at it. The the vehicle itself is so clunky looking. Yeah, it's really <clears> it weird. goes. It looks like something I would have built out of Legos when I was seven. Yeah, just really tall, amazing. Good stuff. Okay, so yeah, uh, do sperm break the laws of physics? I don't know. I don't. I don't think they. Again, like they don't break the laws of physics. I I hate that. Um, right. I hate that wording. They they appear like to They're move badasses. in. <laughs> yeah, they they move in a way that appears to contradict the laws of physics. Okay. That that gives the appearance of of contravening it. It is weird when even scientific papers uh have that sort of clickbait language like is that a sign of the times we're living in that that scientist felt the need to like gin it up and really sell it like it's breaking the laws. 
Oh, this is just, uh, I think this is just from Science Alert. I don't think this is the, the raw paper. Well, I, but Matt, you're reading part of it that sounded like it was language straight from the, uh, yeah, maybe that was just the, the summary. Yeah, because the, the real paper, um, the actual journal here um, is extremely, like, extremely dense. Gotcha. The, um, well, I just mean the language is, like, very much not, like, this appears to violate the... It says right, this study explores in- a violation. This study explores a violation of Newton's third law in motile active agents by considering non-reciprocal mechanical interactions known as odd elasticity. That's the abstract. Um, I think that's as far into that as the, or that's as that's as <clears throat> much as they hint at that, and then the answer is no, it does not. I see. I see. Does anyone remember the? Um- article recently about uh the motion of butterflies which also appears to be they're trying to explain the apparent randomness of it and how does it get where it's going no i don't remember that also by the way patrick duran also sent in the sperm story there may be others <laughs> i don't know i keep finding oh, more sorry people let's get to the story no no uh, well, no what's yeah. this butterfly uh, situation i let's see within the last year i feel like i read about a butterfly motion they, they studied you know because they they kind of go left and right and that's why it's hard to catch them but a uh, butterfly movement um i just uh they, w- they were trying to explain like that it isn't illogical or inefficient it's just you know how they uh i don't know i can't find the uh the article no one doesn't ring a bell no one ever heard of no this? i hadn't heard about that no no i'm i'm indifferent to butterflies i am um, <laughs> what totally indi- no i'm i'm uh I was in North Carolina recently, and uh, I really missed seeing all the like monarch butterflies because uh, it's full of monarch butterflies, and mm-hmm. they're doing they you know they start doing their migration to uh, to Mexico, like the yearly uh-huh. yearly migration. It it freaks me out. Like, have you guys seen the? Um, they like just didn't know where they all went until really recently. <laughs> like, you mean what? they found the monarch butterflies like that where they all fly to. Um, they go to Mexico, you know? They couldn't just put, like, a tracker on one of them? They're very tiny. I guess. Uh, no, let me see here. The, the Yeah, I don't know how you track a butterfly. It lies within rugged, forested mountains. Yeah, let me let me figure out when it... It was discovered way too recently. Like, more, I, more so than you would think. Yeah. I, I thought I remembered it from seventh grade science class when we had to catch insects. That uh, that they taught us about the migration, but you're saying it's newer than that. Well, we knew they migrated. I just mean like where are they all landing? What's going oh, on? Oh, oh, they like specific place. They, yeah, because yeah, it's it's kind of a small, you know, it's a bit of a small area. Right, and their life cycle is such that like if they die and lay their eggs, you know, before anyone really sees them, you might not realize it's the same population. Yeah, let me figure out when this was discovered. It says here they all end up at Margaritaville in Cabo. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For Tequila Tuesday. Not Cabo Wabo. They don't like Sammy Hagar. No, they're not Sammy Hagar fans. No. They really. It makes sense. Yeah. Because they can go 55. Or they're not limited by that, rather. That's, that's right. like a very reasonable top speed <laughs> as far as they're concerned. Yes. 
they fly the best on hot summer nights. Yes. Um, so, you, uh, you know, maybe the secret to tracking butterflies would be developing something very, very small to put on them. Like uh, something 54 million times smaller than the Large Hadron Collider. <laughs> great, 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 great segue not, there. It's not very good. It's not very good. It's just flawless, flawless. Uh, 1976 is when we figured out where monarchs go. Yep. Which seems really recent. Yeah, that is pretty yeah. recent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I didn't mean it, var- I didn't mean it was like just last month or something. Sure. But in the grand scheme of things. Yes. But, All right. But yes, yeah, Scott Varro sent in a story about this is a tiny, tiny little uh, particle accelerator that is, as Andy said, 54 million times smaller than the Large Hadron Collider, and it works. It's small enough to fit on a coin. I said it was average size when it's hard. You don't have to keep making fun of me. You guys are just trashing me the whole time. Yeah, it stretches. It has elasticity to it. So it can it open collides. the door to a wide range of applications, including using the teensy particle accelerator inside human patients. What? The new machine known as a nanophotonic electron accelerator, an NEA, consists of a small microchip that houses an even smaller vacuum tube made up of thousands of individual pillars. Researchers can accelerate electrons by firing mini laser beams at these pillars. The main acceleration tube is approximately 0.02 inches, that's half a millimeter long, um, uh, in a ring that may, um, oh sorry, which is 54 million times shorter than the 27 kilometer ring that makes up the the LHC. Uh, the inside of the tiny tunnel is only around 225 nanometers wide. And just for context, human hairs are 80,000 to 100,000 nanometers thick. So I can't yeah, take it. We're talking like a a 500th of the size of a hair. Yeah. Um. My- Go ahead, go ahead, sorry. No, what are you going to, are you going to say? No, I'm going to derail it by uh, objecting. My inner Luddite is coming out and just saying, bullshit, that's impossible. None of this can exist. <laughs> How, can How do you make something that, that small? Yeah. Can't exist. You get, well, I think, I think you need to use children because they've got smaller hands. Uh, right. Oh, there you go. Okay, I'm back on board. So this new study published in Nature, uh, researchers from the Friedrich Alexander University in Germany, used this tiny contraption to accelerate electrons from an energy value of 28.4 kilo electrovolts to 40.7, which is a 43% increase. Uh, it's the first time a nanophotonic electron accelerator has been successfully fired. And they can, for the first time we can speak, said the authors say, we can speak about a particle accelerator on a microchip. So the LHC uses more than 9,000 magnets to create a magnetic field that accelerates particles to around 99.9% of the speed of light. Uh, this thing also creates a magnetic field, but it works by firing light beams at the pillars in the vacuum tube, which amplifies the energy in just the right way, way but the resulting energy field is much weaker. The electrons only have a millionth of the energy that the particles accelerated by the LHC have, well, unsurprisingly. But the researchers believe they can improve the design by using alternative materials or stacking multiple tubes next to another. Um, which could further accelerate the particles. Um, so this could um, so this could be used in targeted medical treatments that could replace radiotherapy oh. uh, wow. uh, for, as one possible thing. Or, uh, yeah, it says the dream application would be to place it on an endoscope in order to be able to administer radiotherapy directly at the affected areas within the body. But this is still a long way off. Just nuke the cancer cells? Yeah, we had a you know we had a sonic uh, wave yeah, cancer story yeah. last week. 
These are all interesting new ways of destroying cancer cells. No, can't uh, can't they make these as small as resolution is good? Like like uh, you know like like making a microchip uh, as you have like your you're zooming down. You're you're using almost like a. It's you're using a lens. You're using you know you have your pattern and it you're shooting light behind the pattern into a lens. So it's putting it on a very small wafer. But I, but we keep hitting the like resolution limit, right? As in, I'm not sure. Resolution of. Well, like, you know how, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, like on a, on a wafer, you can fit more and more, they're just transistors, but you can right, fit. But we're going to hit some like actual quantum limits of the acreage or the, the, yeah, the density per, per, yeah, per yeah, square I centimeter I, or whatever. I, like, I suppose yeah. we could. I mean, they're already about like, they're making them now that are as thick as like an atom. I'm talking right. like there's a line trans- we can't cross so Moore's law is going to break down at that point oh, right yeah. right right yeah but I would yeah you're saying that's I also going to be the limit of this so this can go even smaller yeah I just mean guess? this doesn't this doesn't seem that small to me in those terms I think this could go way smaller but it's got so much more going on than just the transistor does you know like it's got all these pillars and uh yeah, that's the, yeah. the machinery that makes this, you know, machinery might not be the right term, is itself amazing. Right. Oh, right. For, for sure. But they're still making this. I know, like, it's more complicated than a transistor, but they're still making this by using layer upon layer of photo etching. Hmm. Like, they're not... Right, there's, there's, not, there, there's not tiny little tweezers <laughs> yeah. building the right, right. Wearing, wearing, a ge- wearing a gem loop and, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, like a jeweler who's... <laughs> so... I mean, I I don't know. I think it could, yeah, it could be done smaller. Um, so do do better sites is what. Yeah, we're not saying. impressed. Not yeah. impressed. Come thanks, back to but us. No thanks. Not impressed. <laughs> Give me a big collider. That's what I want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, collider seeing... sucks ass. So if we can do a uh, fucking eighteen k Las Vegas sphere, tell me we can't do a tiny. Would you guys would you guys go see the Las Vegas Sphere? I'm kind of tempted. Yeah. Yeah, but didn't you say you were just in Vegas? Well, yeah, but it's like that was happened to be the weekend yeah. that the U2 show was opening. I hadn't even looked at tickets, but then I heard afterwards they were oh, like 500 bucks or something. I was like, no. Oh, they're crazy. They're, they're still like, it's, it's, that wasn't just an opening night ticket. I'm going to be in Vegas in... I should, I, I'm always bad at plugging stuff, but I'm going to be in Vegas in a couple of weeks' time at the back at the Rio at the Comedy Cellar. So anyone who lives near Vegas, come and see uh, Come to the show. Give us a shout. But... Um, uh, yeah, so to be clear, I, I you're definitely... not going to be in in the sphere. No, uh, I like. <laughs> well, you perform okay. in your is... regular bubble, like sort of your your germ yeah. germaphobe bubble. But you know, you know what it's like. I, I, I you know, I, I contacted the bookers of the sphere, but they all, you know, they look at like how many Instagram followers right, you have these right. days, or like yeah, that kind of thing. You like, know yeah. somebody. Yeah, yeah. I'd much rather book some like influencer who's like rather than a you know sort of a veteran comic who knows know. what they're doing, but just yeah. you know. You didn't get passed at the sphere yet. You didn't get to sign your name <laughs> in, the, in white paint on the wall outside the sphere. Yeah, I can, I can still do, yeah, I can do the it. mic. I mean, I'll right, do the sphere sure, mic. I'll yeah. sign up and... Uh... Yeah, they offered to let me be the door guy. And I'm like, this is insulting. I'm not going to be the door guy at the sphere. <laughs> That's how a lot of them start, man. That's I how know, you two but it's started. Like I've, been, I've been doing this too long, man. Be, you know, 
<laughs> Bono used to flyer for uh, the Bill Murray <laughs> Comedy Club. Yeah, and, uh, he, used to, he used to bark. He used to bark people yeah. into the club. <laughs> and look at him now. Look at them now. Headlining. Yeah, it Headlining. works. Uh, they got an agent and everything. They're I know. Doing, they're doing great. I know. Um, we should speak of where you can see people. Steve, where can our listeners see you and find you and see all the things well, you Well, uh, I'm on the various socials as Steve Benequist, B-E-N-A-Q-U-I-S-T. And uh, I will be in New Hampshire, Keene, New Hampshire, uh, doing a guest spot with Maria Bamford on November 17th. At the oh, Columbia hell yeah. Theater. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen her go- live in forever. She's so great. She's the boss. She's one of the yes. yeah, one of the very best. And then you know, usually shows around Los Angeles, so you check my feed, see what I'm up to. Go to that. Oh, nice. Anything else to, to plug, uh, Jesse, Andy? Mm. <sighs> nope. No. Okay. <laughs> no. I'm, All right I'm, then. I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of moving right now to a different. I mean, still in Nashville, but to a different place, and. Uh, yeah, so I'm not doing anything. I'm just in moving oh. to moving land. So, so if anyone in Nashville has a truck, yeah, a there you go. No, I'm using my dad's. Uh, I don't. I don't need your help. Leave me alone. Doesn't everyone <laughs> in Nashville have a truck? No, I don't. Oh, I don't. okay. Yeah. So Wait, I that. should plug. There's something I yeah. I, I haven't worked all fucking year writing wise. Uh, so I started. I think I told you guys I started Airbnb being my place. And then I'll just like take off for the weekend when it rents. I should just drop the link. If you're in Joshua Tree and you want to rent my house, is that is that okay to do in a podcast? Yeah, fine. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> Come yeah, stay at you, my house. Any of the regular listeners to the show want to poke around Andy's living quarters and you know see his stuff? For that can, matter, on weekdays I also rent out a room here, and it's almost always been. I think I told you it's almost always been European travelers because I think they're more used yeah. to like hostile situation. If you want to come stay in a room in my house, I'll show you around. So you, you'll also get to read many of the books that various publishers have sent to us, and we've had yeah. the authors on the show. We and he's got a well-stocked book, bookshelf full of uh, various. I'll drop the link. Science guest. Let's books, see what happens. Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? Again? Go to that. Well, you can Murdered? find that link and the link to link to all yeah. of the stories we cover at probably science.com you can also uh find our patreon and paypal links there we'll do an extra bonus story for the patreon patrons after this uh you can find us on twitter at probably science individually at andy t wood at jesse case and at matt kershen and if you want to send us any stories questions comments clarifications you can email us probably science at gmail.com uh steve benequist thank you for joining us thanks for having me this is fun listeners we will see you next time bye Thank you.